2: working on a show now with Lebanese-American writer Mona Mansour, who some people might know, she just had a show to the public called The *Vagrant Trilogy that was sort of this epic about Palestine that was sort of groundbreaking.
0: Hey folks, it's another Fanboy Friday with me, Shah Jahan Khan. This week's guest is Amin el Gamal. Amin was born during an earthquake in Palo Alto, California. His parents are both Egyptian immigrants. His mother came to the US with her family as a child to escape political persecution, and his father immigrated for graduate school. He studied English and drama at Stanford University before progressing to the USC School of Dramatic Arts, where he graduated with an MFA in acting. Shortly thereafter, Amin landed roles on The Newsroom, Shameless, and The Librarians. In 2017, he played sinister fan favorite Cyclops on the Prison Break revival which established him as the first openly queer Muslim actor to play a leading role on a TV show. With a recurring role on Good Trouble and notable appearances in the films Namur, Message from the King, First Love, Spring Bloom, and Breaking Fast, Amin is well on his way to establishing himself as one of Hollywood's most striking and versatile performers. The two of us connected during the outreach period for Rafelian's Ramadan America film, where I was taking one-on-one calls with Muslim creatives across the country and I thought Amin would be the perfect guest. It turns out that we could have met up in Martha's Vineyard during production for Refelion's Witness podcast this past July, as Amin was on the island for a play, but we both forgot until it was too late. You can read an excerpt of our interview on Rafaelion's Fawn website for Muslim creative projects at createfawn.com. That's C-R-E-A-T-E-F-A-N-N.com. More with Amin al gamal and me after a quick break.
2: This year has been sort of a quantum leap for my producing endeavors. I'm generally an actor, and I'm still an actor, but um, I've, I shot my first film that I produced, uh, a short called Unmasking, a couple of weeks ago, and we're in post now. It's um, really exciting. Well, probably more like a month ago. And it's with a really great non-binary autistic director named Aubrey Brenier clark and it's about gender and neurodivergence, and a very a very sweet take on exploring exploring the I guess intersection of those two things. So I'm very excited about that. And then I'm developing a not a feature film mm-hmm. with my friend Randa Randa Gerard. Well, we're working on a film that she wrote that's awesome. I don't know how much to share, but it's, that's okay. You know. Very queer and very Muslim and very subversive. And it's kind of like if John Waters was like a queer Muslim Arab femme. <laughs> that's amazing. And I love it. And I, yeah, we're applying to labs and things and developing
0: it. When would you say like you first felt uh, empowered to be a creator? Whether that's, you know, like the first time you were ever in a play or something or the first time you were like, oh, this is something that maybe I'm good at. And then when would you say you felt similarly empowered to like be you in every way that like your full self, if that has happened yet, whatever that means to you? It's interesting because when I was
2: younger, like very young, like, you know, a toddler, I already had the instinct to make things. I was always like in a corner. I felt I was very... Uh, shy and introverted, and sort of bullied a lot. So I spent a lot of time by myself, just creating like different worlds, and you know, um, observing other people, which is like a very useful tool for an artist. But that wasn't really the aim. I just was sort of on the outside, so I was always kind of observing. So the instinct to create was really I had it at a very young age, and I was very bold with it. I I remember creating out of for no reason. I built like a little stage and did a puppet show for my kindergarten class, kind of all on my own. I don't know why. (laughs) I was like, let me entertain the class. And the teacher allowed me to do it. Um, And I remember that. And it was like this big thing with the principal. She called him the principal. She's like, you have to see this kid. He's playing all these characters. (laughs) And I would enlist my brothers and do little productions in our garage in our back house when I was like four, five, six. Becoming an adult, going through like acting training, going through Hollywood, really narrowed me in a weird way, narrowed my scope. And I really want to go back to that very young person before all the you know, trauma and being told you can't do this or confronting racism or having to audition for terrorists early. And especially like all of that stuff kind of made me more of like a wait around for audition kind of actor. You know? And so I really like to go back to that And I feel like that's just so true. So many artists, we just want to go back to like our true essence of self before, like, you know, we were told, no, you can't do that. Don't cry. Or, you know, you're too weird looking to be an actor. Or, you know, your only value is that you speak Arabic or whatever it is, weird toxic stuff. So, yeah. So I was left to sort of have that really early on and then have gone astray. And now I'm like trying to reclaim that the energy of creating. And right now, that's through producing. I'm interested in writing, but I haven't really, like, dipped my toes too much into that. But right now, producing has been really fun. And it's given me a lot of the agency I missed when I was acting and feeling like my voice wasn't always heard or respected. When did I feel like I could be my full self? Identity-wise, I'm queer and I'm Muslim. And I'm a North African, Egyptian, Arab. Uh, I think when I was younger i hid I didn't understand my sexuality. It was also like the late eighties nineties. It just was a different time so i and I was very kind mean, of closed off from people um and I was ashamed of being Muslim and I was ashamed of not being blonde <laughs> uh and I hated myself for a lot of those things for a while. I think it wasn't until college that I was able to sort of explore who I was um, in terms of gender and sexuality. And then I think a little bit later that I reclaim my Muslimness and my culture, I really felt like robbed of that, felt kind of angry that um, there's often this binary for queer Muslims where they're like, I'm either queer or a Muslim. You know, a lot of people have bridged that binary. (laughs) But I think we often go through this thing where we're like, like, oh, the religion or the culture says that I can't exist or that I'm not good. So I'm going to reject that and because I know that not to be true. But then you're like, robbed yourself of like your culture, your spirituality, your connection to things. And so it's been really important to me. I started a queer Muslim group in L.A. a support group in 2012 or 13 and helped run it for like five or six years. Um, and to me, it was always like being Muslim is whatever you want it to be. If if that's your background and it, it's not no longer relevant to you or it doesn't work for you, that's fine. Or if you're like very queer and also very like religious, religious, of course, that's fine or anything in between. And no one can tell you that you're Muslim, you know, like no one has the right to say you're Muslim or you're not. <laughs> that is like your personal uh, relationship with you know, your spirituality. So that was very important to me. I didn't, obviously it was a support group. It wasn't, there was no ideology, but it felt important to reclaim that space. I think for American Muslims who are even not queer, it's important, I think politically and also culturally to to show up, you know, as who you are and not hide, regardless of how you practice. So, yeah. So when I have had more attention in the past, and I've done different TV shows and stuff, I was never, people advised me not to to like hide my, my background or to hide my sexuality. And it just was not something that was tenable or palatable for me. And that might have had a different right. effect with that, but it's a no-brainer for me. I wasn't going to change my name. I wasn't going to pretend I wasn't Muslim. I wasn't going to like not speak up about Palestine. <laughs> <I wasn't, laughs> you know, I wasn't going to, you know, go in the closet. I don't think Hollywood is there yet. We like think it is, but it's not really... So we still have to keep pushing and I think we'd love to be proud of who we are and own our own our choices and like ultimately make our own work that's kind of complex and real and human and not in these
0: kind of narrow narratives. What are your just like favorite sorts of roles to play? Is there like a particular one you've you've had in the past that you think made you just like a I know that, you know, we all have like a body of work and stuff, but like is there like a particular role that challenged you in a way and you think like made you a stronger actor?
2: Sort of a cop-out answer, but I feel like every role, I learned something on every role. Where's the that? role I'm playing now, it's a meta play and it's very strange. <laughs> like it's hard to really explain, but I, there's sort of a character who's sort of a stand-in for the playwright and there's a character who's a stand-in for her nephew basically and that's my character. And the playwright is half Lebanese and half white, Mona Mansour, and her nephew is, a fourth Lebanese and he's mostly white so it's like a weird uh he's also in the in the in the army grew up in San Diego he's like maybe more conservative and it's like a dialogue between those two and how can two people who are so different and have such different world views act. so that character is really different from me so that's been a challenge but I also think it's been very liberating so I think a lot of times when you're an actor who's queer and openly queer people pigeonhole you and Even though straight people get to play queer characters all the time, often queer actors are, you know, once you know they're gay, they're like, I can't possibly believe you're straight, which is just so crazy. So it's been fun to play a role where I'm I'm interrogating both like race and like whiteness in a way. I'm not white at all, but it's interesting. Our whole play is POC and it's like basically a play about examining whiteness in a certain way. So it's interesting but also gender stuff. So it's how, how, what are the different palettes of like gender? And it's a very meta play. So sometimes I'm just like myself and the actor. And then other times I'm like slipping into this character in that kind of subtle way. But it's been very fun and empowering. There was a, a queer Muslim rom-com that I was in a couple of years ago called Breaking Staff. And I played, um, written by uh, Mike Musallam, written and directed by Mike Musallam. And... Um, Initially, I was like, this is so easy. I was the the best friend, kind of comic relief. And I was like, this is so a piece of cake. You know, I can lose my sleep. And then I was like, oh, no, this character has a lot of things that are similar to me. But honestly, in every other way, he's very different. He's like very loud and outspoken. He like drives every scene he's in. He's like, talks very fast. He's like, you know, sort of like crazy bits. And I wasn't on film. I'm I'm pretty an actor who always like starts with myself and I'm pretty like chill and will kind of sneak into the character in a sort of way. And the director wanted it to be very loud, brassy theatrical on camera. And that was like really scary for me because it felt like too big. Yeah. But ultimately when I saw the film, I was really proud of it. And I think just the technical like landing jokes, talking really fast, being loud and kind of driving the scene, those were really challenging, but I think it, it all really worked. And the character is like very beloved, and very funny, and very sweet. And I think what's cool about that character, too, is he has more of a... Uh, he has some, like, depth, too. So, like, kind of me going through and doing the jokes kind of earned me a lot of, like, real, more dramatic moments later in the film, which is cool. So that was really, really hard. And I also, like, had a lot of weird self-hatred that crept up being like, oh, well, this is me playing a character sort of close to myself in and in a, an identity-wide, but not really. And, uh, you know, I had to, like, deal with my own stuff. Um, and so that was challenging, but ultimately I really, I'm really proud of it.
0: Last couple questions that I had were, um, related to your, like the producing work that you're doing now and a little bit of what you were talking about before of kind of how we're not there yet in certain aspects of Hollywood and stuff. Like I was thinking about a particular quote of yours. This was, I think in the Esquire article, if I'm, if I'm correct, where you said, uh, I don't think I've found the role that's going to be one of my defining roles yet. I think I'm still looking for that. Uh, I know this was like six years ago also, so sorry. Yeah, that's it out. <laughs> Uh, To be completely frank, I think I'm going to have to start writing them. I'm not sure that they're just <laughs> going to appear. Uh, I think it's a fantastic uh, quote. Um, that related to kind of like the realm of this whole representation conversation, kind of like wherever it's at now. Like, where do you, can you tell me just a little bit more about that transition you know to writing your making your own stuff basically yeah
2: I, I hear that quote and I get a little bit
0: uh, <laughs> knowing that it was a
2: few years ago yeah I get a little bit like I mean where is the script
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but everyone's on their own journey I think I've been a bit blocked as a writer I think there's a writer in there somewhere but I've been sure. doing labs and workshops and haven't really gotten there yet but I do believe that until we have people with agency that have the creative license to create work that are, you know, Muslim, QOC, queer, et cetera, that it's just, we're always going to be siloed in these narratives where people want to feel good about themselves or like, you know, tick a, a box off or it's going to be sort of tokenized or orientalist or well-meaning. but But then it's about like clearing the person who's creating its own guilt as opposed to creating like a three-dimensional character. You know, Um, it's exciting to see like Rami and Mo and like, you know, lots of other shows. But that's when someone took a risk on and I don't know the background of those shows, but that's when someone took, you know, a chance on someone being the creator and like let them do what they wanted to do. And I think that's the only way, you know, I personally am not satisfied being an actor for hire purely. I have too many ideas. I will do the job, but I'll also be like, oh, wait, what about this? And this is not your place to do that. I mean, I had a very troubling experience on a show I was on for a few years where the guest director, you know, there's different directors often on TV and the director. The scene wasn't really working, my scene, and I was like, oh, what about this? Like, I'll, you know, it's my job to make it work. And he just like didn't, he was almost of like, us, I didn't speak. It was very strange. I kept being like, "Wait, what about?" and I was just completely disrespected. And I was like, "What's happening?" So like, I've been working really hard so I could be on a show for, you know, a season or two, and this is such a big deal for me. Even now, people are listening to me like, "What?" <laughs> um, on how to like fix my own scene. It was like really tough. And that's when I that was like the, one of the first scenes of like, "Oh, I need to have more say." And I I think even well-meaning projects often end up being very still in this sort of like colonial gaze, and I I want to break free from that. I want stories that are kind of unexpected that show the complexities of what it means to be, you know, who who we are. And yeah, I'm not interested in like a sainted propagandic portrayal of you know a Muslim either. I don't still, yeah. I feel like a lot of that stuff. I still, I still, even though I'm not writing, okay? I'm not writing. (laughs) I still feel I still stand behind that. We need more people behind the camera and power
0: creating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Last question Who are some of your um, other like Muslim, Muslim Muslimish, American, Muslim kind of inspirations? Just because that's kind of the focus of this. Fauzia Mira. I don't know if you know her. Mirza, Fawzi Mirza, the director. Mirza, I'm yes. sorry. Yes,
2: yes, yes. My God. Absolutely. I had like a stroke. I know her very well. It's embarrassing. No, that was the amazing song. as well. Mike Musallam, who I mentioned. There's a performance artist who also makes clothing design in LA. His name is Muhammad Tayyib. He's incredible. I'll do a shout out to my baby cousin, who's a queer Muslim, who's in New York and is a music video producer and art creator. Her name is Yasmin Maharang. Oh, these are all queer people, by the way. That's, that's kind gonna, of my that's thing. Great. No,
0: the, I'm <laughs> going to reach out to all Fanboy Friday is a production of Rafaleon Media. It's hosted by me, Jan Khan, and produced and edited by Ari Mathay. Our theme music was composed by me, with help from Nick Zampiello at New Alliance Mastering, and features my good friend and longtime musical co-conspirator Tanya Pollitt on vocals. Today's guest, Amin el Gemel, most recently appeared as he in Mona Mansour's We Swim, We Talk, We Go to War at the Martha's Vineyard Playhouse. You can find him on Instagram at feistypharaoh. That's F-E-I-S-T-Y-P-H-A-R-A-O-H. And read more about him and lots of other cool stuff by Muslim creatives by subscribing now to createfan.com. That's C-R-E-A-T-E-F-A-N-N.com. Thank you.